Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 81 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. How are you doing today? Great. And Brett pointed out, yes, I'm wearing his long t-shirt. Wasn't mine. We have no idea where that thing came from. Okay, never mind. He doesn't want to admit it. You're just coming (laughs) from his style? Is that what you mean? Yeah, slowly I'm just taking everything of his. um, But it's not actually his, right? It wasn't mine. I I don't know where that shirt came from. I haven't bought from H&M in like... Since How do you know what brand? Because they tried to give me that shirt, and I said, I don't want it. <laughs> okay, well, you gave it to me, and they were trying to do a skit where slowly your shirts become longer. Yeah, even longer than they already are. <laughs> By the way, the uh, uh, voice you just heard, that is our co-host for the day. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We are we are getting by. We yeah. got a bunch to talk about. I've got a notebook of like topics that have been scribbled out basically and removed. It basically looks like really bad graffiti now. Yeah, pop um, culture news is really like yeah. quite busy today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, uh, I, we're working on um, moving stuff around, making sure you're covering all the, the important stuff. There's weird stuff that I want to talk about that's days old now, but I, I still think it's worth having a discussion about. Uh, but today <laughs> like, we're going to talk about... yeah. This is my show yeah. and I'm going to do it. That's exactly what it is. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to... I'm, I don't care if this came out on a Friday and it's going to be old by the time I get to talk about it. I'm gonna t- we're going to talk about it because I think it's interesting. Mm. And I can do that because I'm in charge. I guess. Uh, we're going to talk about Amanda Bynes. We're going to talk about... That immediate, like, reversion of leader. It's my show, I guess. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's all I got in me today. It's, uh, it's my show, I guess. It's fine. Um, uh, we're going to talk about Amanda Bynes. We're going to talk about Sydney Sweeney. We're going to talk about Morbius tra- uh, reviews so far, which I think will make Miracle sad because she's mm. looking forward to this movie. But we'll see. We're going to talk about my fun topic. It's not fun. It's actually quite interesting. About a Grey's Anatomy writer. Uh, and then we also got Podlux. We got a bunch of stuff. If you guys are ready, let's just get right into it. Let's do it. Okay. So this first story comes from Fox 11 in Los Angeles. Amanda Bynes conservatorship expected to end, Judge uh, judge's tentative ruling says. And we've got an update uh, kind of on the fly with this one. But it says Amanda Bynes conservatorship is likely to come to an end Tuesday, according to new documents filed in California. Court documents obtained by Fox News Digital show, uh, show that Bynes' case is set to be discussed Tuesday morning in Ventura County. The court intends to grant the petition for termination and order the conservatorship of the person Amanda Bynes to be terminated, the paper state. Uh, now, I, we, I was going to go farther on here, but if you go over just to the next topic right away, I just added it right. It says, Amanda Bynes' judge ends conservatorship. She is officially free. 
So she is no longer a ward of, uh, of her family. Uh, she is free to pursue her interests and her, uh, the world she wants to live, uh, live in. So that is quite... In her conservatorship has been really interesting for me to follow. Um, I know we're about to contrast it to Britney Spears, yeah. mm -hmm. but um, I've read a couple articles about this today. I was thinking about covering it for the site. Her conservatorship was started in 2013 and modified so like a most conservatorships last about a year maybe two years is there a reason for that um there's considered temporary the okay. object would be it's to not get the supposed person, to be long term right the mm -hmm. object and that was why britney spears's conservatorship which lasted over a decade was so shocking when people realized how long it went on because it's not it's not really the object of the law or that wasn't the intention of it. Yeah. Uh, M Amanda Bynes was in a conservatorship for nine years, although at one point it was modified slightly to um, just kind of read it. Re like it went from being the kind of conservatorship that Britney Spears had to being like a trust. And then her mom managed her like medical and personal decisions. Okay. And one of the cool things about reading this story, I'm not sure if either article I should have sent one to you here has it, but like lawyers for her parents who were, you know, very much involved in her treatment and care. They were like, we are so excited about this. We're really happy for her to take the next step. She's made a ton of progress. She's been mm -hmm. sober for a long time. It's a complete 180 from the, the Spears conservatorship. And exactly. They didn't fight her on it. There's like, as far as I know, not that she doesn't have the right to, but she's not doing a tell-all, you need to hear my side of the story now that yeah. I have a voice. Um, it's really, you know, it's kind of what you want these situations to end up as. Amanda Bynes, for what I know, she lives in a women, uh, like a women's home. And so she has, she's still being managed by a caseworker, mm -hmm. but she's engaged. She's like pursuing a degree in fashion merchandising. I mean, she's really like actively pursuing a life Yeah. Uh, in a way that like, I don't, you know, maybe Britney Spears is, but it seems like this is really a victory one of the judges said like congratulations to everyone involved at yeah. the end whereas like britney spears it was like wildfire being finally put out saying congratulations to all people involved seems like one of those rare experiences in the legal system where something actually works out in a way that it's uh theoretically intended to work out right uh when something like this is put into place nothing like this should be permanent um, right unless the person is obviously under the a condition that you know would be something that can't be worked on to the mm -hmm. point where they're able to live on their own again or to be yeah to be on i think it's again. notable that like her her assets went from being controlled by a conservator to being put into a trust again they they adjusted this over and time a trust means that nobody can attack like there's just uh stipulations for what she can uh when she can yeah access and it, but i other think her father can't. was the at one point there was a public trustee on it okay but like it's unlike uh, Jamie Spears, Britney Spears' dad, like he controlled everything, including her personal decisions, and there was no outside check. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy considering she was still like performing in Vegas yeah. and like really almost the whole working. time, right? And he was profiting; he was getting yep. paid to do this. Amanda Bynes, uh, a statement through her lawyer at one point. I, again, I read this on a, in a BBC article. Uh, she thanked her parents and yep. her lawyers for the support they've given her over the last, the last nine years. Like this really does seem so different. In to... unbelievable contrast to, to right. what we've seen in this before. Almost to the point where like I could see somebody making a documentary between the two and contrasting them. I think it's mm -hmm. impossible um, not to, especially yeah. since they were of the same era. Britney Spears is slightly older. A little bit older. Um, uh, Amanda I think she's Bynes. in her 40s. Amanda Bynes is 32. She's, I think she's 35, but it could be. She's in her 30s and Britney Spears. Yes, is... You know, they were like, Amanda Bynes was a teen when Britney Spears was in her 20s, yes. I think. 
Um, but I think this is worth noting, and especially because there are there's a couple of different laws in Congress right now that are being considered to revise um, conservatorships, which I think it's worth in what way. So they want to, um, I think it's literally called Britney's Law or Free Britain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I haven't checked on the progress in a while, but the, they were literally, like one of the things is they wanted to have a like point, a point, a court appointed um, social worker or like special advocate for the person involved in the case. So, yeah. Like one of the things that came up with Britney Spears was like, she, she doesn't have control. She didn't have access to any of her money except for like a small amount provided to her by her dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he then like authorized. Right. Yeah. So she couldn't hire her own lawyer. Nope. So he used She was essentially her, trapped. She used the money she earned to hire a legal team to keep her in the conservatorship. And like maybe at some points during that time, she wasn't in a place, like maybe that, I, I don't know enough about it. And I obviously like, I think we've all become aware of it, but yeah. like mm-hmm. maybe at one point that was necessary because she needed the extra support. Yeah. But like, it is not clear that that has been necessary for quite a long time. Yep. Um, with Amanda Bynes, it seems like her parents didn't use it as a chance to profit off their child. She didn't. I mean, she almost completely disappeared from the public eye. A lot of people would ask, who the hell is Amanda Bynes? Right. Yeah. Well, do you remember? It, it, it struck a chord for me. I read an article that was like, you know, I read this BBC BBC article on it, and it linked back to when they had written in 2013 when was like she the was last like time they when she was hospitalized her. one yeah. of the times because she was hospitalized multiple times. She had a bunch of erratic behavior, like she was caught driving with a suspended license in California. Like there was just yeah. stuff. It says, uh, it says she was placed under conservatorship in 2013 when it became clear that she was struggling with her mental health. She had a bizarre string of episodes, including one where she set her neighbor's driveway on fire. I remember reading about and that. And she got picked up like standing. Uh, AB uh, Amanda Bynes attributed the episodes to bipolar disorder. She also opened up about her addiction to Adderall, but has since gotten help uh, in likely in those situations. If she's uh, struggling with that, she's used much harder stuff uh, right. because it's very hard. But to, she's been sober for, yes, I think, since years. 2014. Says Amanda says she's been sober for several years now, and she surely, she surely seems to be doing a whole lot better. She's gotten a degree from the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising and has, whole, and has, a, and has also gotten engaged to her fiancé, Paul Michael. On top of her progress, Amanda's petition for personal freedom was supported by her mom and dad, so there's result comes as no huge surprise but it's still a big win for her so she's free now to live her life as uh and uh, as we know it uh, but she has some big plans in the near future i could see somebody like her with her uh first of all with the um not that it's meant to be that way with the social capital that comes from mm-hmm. um going through something like this especially on the heels of the complete opposite version of this going on with britney spears and jamie lynn spears uh her turning this into uh multiple opportunities to um re-enter these businesses whether it's through fashion whether it's through social media whether she wants to act again i, I almost think like she's more uh she's going to do more outside of the realm of acting yeah. um she could go into the to work for these causes to to go into reform laws that wouldn't be hard you know it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see somebody like this go into uh to work uh like they talk about actors who become activists later on Mm -hmm. because they find causes that they actually believe in Mm -hmm. this is something that you know for a fact that she actually believes in because it's uh something that's worked well for her so she can go in there and say this is what worked when i was uh, under conservatorship these were things i felt did not work and could go and use her name recognition her story to lobby government or whatever to make changes in those in that regard right which seems like a some a worthwhile use of her time especially because it doesn't feel disingenuous it feels like it's something that actually affected her Mm -hmm. she did an interview in 2018 with paper magazine i believe that where she said one of the things that triggered some of her mental health issues like specifically depression was watching footage of herself like 
stuff that had aired on TV. Yeah. Remember, she was mm-hmm. like the Amanda show and she was in a bunch of stuff. So I could see where maybe she doesn't return to acting. Um, but I also, you know, even if she just goes on to live a quiet life, I yep. think this is an important, um, you know, I think this is a timely reminder that like conservatorship doesn't have to be enslavement. And like we really can do things to help support people who are adults who need extra care while they're going through something in a way that has a healthy relationship for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me as somebody who like when I went uh, through rehabilitation, you don't just go through it and then done and go home. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually depending on how severe what you're going through is, you will not just go through your program, whether that's 30 days, uh, 60 days, 90 days of your, you know, if you can afford, uh, if you're you're a person that can afford 90 days in a treatment Mm -hmm. facility, uh, you usually end up going to a halfway house uh, afterward. And that's obviously not the same level as something like this, but you have to, uh, they have to watch you outpatient. You have to get your life back on track. And that's with a lot less, you know, that's with a lot less personalized care but there's absolutely something to be said that um there could be reformations made to these pro to these policies uh in the regards to this not in regards to addiction but in, i mean addiction played a huge part of this for her mm-hmm. so i that i that resonates with mm-hmm. me uh heavily especially because when you're going through something like that it is very hard to manage your own life like it, bipolar disorder notwithstanding all these other things that are making life very difficult for her very hard to live having substance abuse issues makes it almost impossible when it's that bad, when it gets that bad to have to hold down a job, to yeah. have to, well, basically what happened to me was I, I had to f- eventually hit a point where you just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like very few people make that conscious decision when they're still early on in it. Like, look, I need help. I, I need to go take care of it. Most people, it's not always as black and white as somebody who's like, I, I, I don't need help. I'm fine. Like that's mm-hmm. always the the trope. It's like the p- person who's like, I'm fine. I can quit whenever I want. A lot of people just know they need help. But when do you, you've got a life, you've got a job, you've got, uh, whether you're in a relationship, you've got all this stuff going on. When do you make the decision, especially with how difficult these processes to are upturn wh- everything. to up, to upend everything you're doing and go get help. Uh, so for somebody like her, I'm sure it kind of, a lot of times what happens is something bad has to happen to force you into mm-hmm. it. Like a lot of times the, uh, the most um, meaningful changes you will make in your life come after a hospital visit. That's mm-hmm. no, that's not a lie. Like you, sometimes you need to be pushed into that situation. And I think for her, there was like a, that she was hospitalized a couple times. So there was a legal intervention that sort of yes. triggered this change. Yep. But I will say like, I think this is one of the things again we can make the comparison to britney spears Mm -hmm. she had to sort of like she's been performing since she was young technically younger than britney spears was from what i know uh and therefore she was financially probably financially independent much earlier Mm -hmm. and you know when you age out of this like if you were a child star and then you had a teenager, like what happens to you period that yep. all of them, we all know what happened. Uh, what a, consi- what a, it's, it's not uh, a rumor. Or it's not some type of trope. It's the truth that what happens to child stars, uh, because the industry has a tendency to chew them up and spit them out. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, the, co- the combination of fame, money, but then also a predisposition to some mental health issues that it seems like it's pretty well documented. Both Bynes and Spears have, mm-hmm. um, you know, it can only make these situations more complicated, right? Yeah. Because, you know, imagine, I, I don't know, but, you know, she was under, she had issues going on in California, suspended driver's license, and stuff was happening in New York. She, like, threw a bong out of her 36-story apartment. I remember that. And 
Right. And do you remember there was a period in 2013 where like people were obsessed with her Twitter because she would just go on yeah. crazy rants. She was like like female Charlie Sheen. Right. And yeah. like I think the thing was like if she was like, I don't know, early 20s at that point. She would have been early 20s. Early 20s. Like she probably wasn't living with her parents. A lot of people in their early 20s don't. And on top of that, she has a lot of money to make things maybe seem like they're going okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe until things got really bad, no one realized they needed to intervene. Yeah. And I want, you know, again, like she appears to live in like a different, she doesn't live with her parents. She lives in a women's facility. Britney Spears lived in her own home that was like managed by her dad. Like yeah. mm -hmm. there are, there apparently seems to be other interventions in Amanda, Amanda Bynes case, which maybe mitigated some of the uh, interpersonal issues yeah. that seem to dominate the Spears family. And when it comes down to it, having a loving family makes all the difference yeah. in the world. Uh, when people ask me a lot about um, going through stuff like I've been through, so the number one thing that you can do is to not hide it from your family yeah. and loved ones, which is what I uh, had a problem with. Like Mine wasn't that I was in denial that there was something wrong. Mine was that I just didn't want to uh, humble myself enough to uh, to be open mm -hmm. about it. Right. Um, which is a huge It's uh, hard. Problem, so. And I think, you know, in these cases, I maybe said this on one of the other episodes, but not being personally involved, but watching both of these ha things happen from afar, like if neither one of these women had been famous or made money, mm -hmm. I feel like it seems clear that Amanda Bynes' family would have treated her the same way, yeah. which was with a lot of love and compassion. And there's a chance that the Spears family would not have treated Britney have the same way. Yeah, yeah because That's... she's like the family cash cow, which I mm -hmm. hate to say, but like... It's just it. It's such an interesting contrast to me. Um, so is is um is Amanda Bynes part of your generation technically? Yeah, like technically. Uh, she was a big part of like I'm sure the stuff that you was like on TV when you were. A child. I never got into the stuff that she was watching. But it was at that same time though, right? Yeah. Like so, like you didn't watch it, but it was like mm -hmm. something that people in your age demographic would have been watching. Yeah, but her name wasn't as big as like um Hillary Brit Duff, Hillary Duff, or like Britney Spears or Britney Spears's sister. Um, Jamie Lynn Spears because she, she was screwed because I for my whole life I thought the dad and the sister I didn't realize there was a difference they I, have I, the same name I, I didn't know like they were telling me all this stuff that, this evil stuff that Jamie did to, I'm like why is her sister running her life mm -hmm. and then I find out later that it's well, not well, her sister did like file to be conservator of yeah her, like, okay and it seemed like they were getting along and now they're like enemies again yeah speaking speaking of Britney Spears mm -hmm. uh we have this is old this is a couple days old but this is fantastic news for anybody watching this that mm -hmm. listens to Britney Spears. And from what I've learned from TikTok and, and, and Instagram, uh, her music is still used all the time in all videos. The time. Uh, it kind of, it's kind of shocking. It, it's her music is kind of like, uh, uh, it's pop canon generationally, um, uh, evergreen meaning like mm -hmm. anybody can uh one of my favorite memes is like why are all go why why are all ghosts from like the the 1700s why isn't it that you ever go into a haunted house and it's just a, a girl in her mid-20s yeah saying it's britney bitch well <laughs> shame cashman um said that there's a place nearby that i think it's shepherdstown west virginia yeah. that yeah. like if you go they'll take you on a, you can sign up for ghost tours and one of the tour guys told him like you're more likely to see ghosts if you dress in like period garb and i asked him like does that mean if you wanted to see a ghost from the 70s you would like put on your bell bottom yeah like, is it go. like there's only one period of time for ghosts or like the, the ghost maybe that's what it, it is the town was considered one of the most haunted in west virginia because there was like a significant civil yeah. war battle mm -hmm. so i could see like that period being particularly populated by ghosts but like if i want to see like a 1950s ghost do i like put on my like poodle skirt and like my saddle shoes yes. like 
Does it work in all I'm directions? Gonna, I'm going to dress up like the guy, like Tubbs from Miami Vice, mm-hmm. and we're going to get 80s ghosts. That's so. like, I need to know. Yes. No one's been able to give that me That kind of makes sense now why um, BuzzFeed Unsolved, I don't know if they're still working, um, the two co-hosts that do it, Ryan Bergara and Shane, his name is Shane, surprisingly too, but it's not Cashman, it's Shane something. I forgot what. His Believe last it or name. not, there's more than one Shane in the I know. world. It's hard to believe. <laughs> I know, but it, it's like really funny because they used to do ghost investigation. So like Ryan's the one who believes in ghosts and aliens, and Shane doesn't. And they went somewhere in West Virginia also, or like in Texas, and dressed up in period pieces. So they dressed up as cowboys and started speaking like them. And then apparently, they're um, what is that device that they? Um, oh, the 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 EMF meter. Yeah. Yes. So they were talking to it, and then <laughs> because we just know. I I don't even watch ghost shows, but I watch shows uh, that uh, I've watched crime procedurals that do an episode that inevitably involve a, a ghost show. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, so basically <laughs> they use that, and one of the ghosts talked to them after they did the whole <laughs> the whole shabam. Did they find out what what generation that ghost was from? It's from the um. Western time, so like oh. the, the Western. It's like, it's like a, it's, <laughs> Sorry, the Wild West. The West is still there. Like, what are you talking about? It's like a, the, so it's like the ghost of Clint Eastwood, even though he's still alive, or <laughs> or just is Clint. Or Eastwood. it's just is Clint. Yeah, it's just it's just really pale Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is there researching. He's like, yes. I'm gonna talk to these weird cowboys. Yeah, and they're just ghosts. Anyway. Um, so, but anyways, Britney Spears is finally working on new music for the first time in six years after breaking free from her conservatorship. We somebody should put in a sound effect of applause and clapping uh britney spears is reportedly working on new music after taking a six-year break but it's not like she took a break she was like imprisoned basically what Uh, like that's so interesting to me she had i think two long-running las vegas residencies the whole time she only had to perform her old music have you ever seen the chart of like like mariah carey's um net worth yeah and some crazy portion of it like I want to say close to 70%. I'm not comes sure. Comes from the sh- Comes residences. from all I want for Christmas. Yeah, oh yeah, no, we talked about that. Literally once. She's just, like, every year at Christmas, she's like, time to get my bonus right. check. Right, like, I'm excited for Britney as she's working on new music. That's cool. But also, like, I don't even know if she needs to. She should do, do you know what she should do? She should just make covers of her sister's music out of spite. Oh my gosh. That'd be, that'd really be funny. <laughs> she should just make Jamie Lit. Do you make, think her music will have a really different sound? She should start a band, mm-hmm. uh, uh britney and the conservators oh my gosh she should do that maybe she should do that But like do you think it'll change sound now that she's not like she's an older lady no she's not like old but like she's not like no, a teen I, pop girl well, look i feel at madonna like she, like she still makes music same yeah. thing with Cher. like it's somewhat different because they're trying to match to the times madonna just gets more and more sad Annoying. every time yeah. like every time she like every five years some new pop star has to like basically hold her up by the elbow and so that they can try to make some song that inevitably you're just like it's literally hello there fellow kids yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. every time you see it and you're just I like i don't know Oi. what that song is uh, no, no it's the like meme. that reference oh okay the meme of <laughs> like, the guy with, hello like, fellow young people yeah, with, oh. with, like with, someone pretending to he like has a backwards yeah. skateboard. skateboard hello fellow kids uh that's uh or how do you do yeah it's, i it, thought you were like listing a song so i was like i have no clue what you're talking no, about. no i think i think you're talking i mean like I'm just curious to see, like, when Adele comes out with new albums, like, I remember the thing about after her divorce, people were like, that's sad, but imagine the music. Yes. Like, because her sound tends to give to this really 
deep emotional ballad. That's what I say about Kanye. I'm like, sure, he's going through hell, but Donda 2 is going to be incredible. Right, whereas like, like she, some of her music, I don't want to say it was like hypersexual, but it was definitely like, mm-hmm. that was an element of it and like things like that. And like, uh, is she going to want to do something now, else now that she's totally on her own? I think she still wants to do that because of the way she dresses, the way it's she talks. I, I don't think she's grown out of that yet. I, I think, if anything, now it's going to be like, look at me, wild and free. Yeah, I, to... <laughs> well, I wonder if it'll get more intense. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. That's. Uh... I don't know. Well, they do say depression music is like the best music because it makes you happier. Like they did a psychology study that if you listen to sad or depressing music, it makes you happier mentally. Weird. Yeah. I've always so, heard the opposite. But, somehow that makes sense. But I don't see yeah. her putting out like a depressing. No, novel. I don't think it's going to be depressing. I think it's more it's going to be along the lines where she's resenting her whole family. So it's going to be angry. I want to hear Britney Spears and Avril Lane do a collaboration where it's just angry music. That- because Avril Lane is like making a comeback. I just listened to her collaborations with Machine Gun Kelly and Black Bear. I am curious to see if this album, like, how many people will volunteer to collaborate with her. Oh, I'm sure a lot. I, I don't think she'll... She's a I, music icon. Why I don't not? think she will struggle to... I don't think she'll struggle I mean, if she even party. wants it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be kind I guess, sort of weirdly ironic if, like, her first album back, instead of it, like, she's free now, so she just <laughs> works with everybody. Yep. Instead yep. of it just being about she, her. I don't she know. Can, she can work with whoever she wants now. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be cool. So, uh, it says, um, speaking of her family, the mom of two continued, God knows they weren't... So I just read up on myself. This is what I found. Multi-platinum grant. Oh, this is that. They're talking about the time she Googled herself. Yeah. Like Britney Spears finds Google and, and Googles herself. Right. Uh, if Britney, she no. Believe it. Um, <laughs> I, I imagine. What if she went and did like a, a reality show? Like what if she tried to do the voice? There you go. Not as a host. A- actually go on and try to compete. What's that one? Uh, the Masked the mass Singer. Singer. Yeah. She should go do that. Uh, I never really understood. How, I've only seen one episode of that show, sort of mid-season. I have never really understood how it works. I've never. So under- basically, you have to guess who it is. But it's like it. out of it's. It seems like often the judges will be like, "Oh yeah, I think it's that person too." Like, do they get clues? Like, if I just had to listen to someone no, saying with a they, mask, they just on, have to listen to the sound of them, right? And then just out of listen, everyone in the whole world, do you listen to the sound? Of, so I watch like a clip of it. It's so dumb. I hate the concept of it because like. I thought I think it's kind of a cool concept. Well, I it would be cooler if you didn't have celebrity like judges or like guessers. Why? Like I think it would be cooler like a cooler concept if you got plebs like us <laughs> guessing who they are. Because you could do that cuz like at least if you're a celebrity you kind like if if everyone in our office had to do the mass singer, I might stand a chance at guessing who someone is, right? Yeah. Cuz I hear you guys talk regularly. Yeah, but Whereas, they, like the celebrities you know, like they probably interact with one. Like I just don't No, they also modify just, the voice too. What? So there's no way. What's the point? (laughs) They modify it, but like you can hear like certain things. They'll maybe sing a song that they sang before and you'll hear a little bit, but then they modify it. This seems so weirdly complicated. There's such a weird culture around those types of shows. Like there's a like people who love like um The Bachelor love the bachelor and it's yep. like their favorite thing in the entire world to watch do you know what game what dating show i just decided i'm really into which is horrible love that first dry. sight oh uh, no are you the one which oh i think it's fascinating <laughs> because it's like partial game show or partial dating show based on like professional matches partial like if we can beat the system we win money game perfect and someone was describing to me and it's like slightly complicated but at the same time it's like the whole thing is like a bunch i think it's like 20 people even 10 guys 10 girls go to wherever 
the one I saw was in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. They everyone has a perfect match deemed by experts. And during the like I don't know nine weeks or whatever, you have mm -hmm. to like find who your perfect match is, right? Based on your conversations, and you like couple up. And at the end of every <laughs> week, they like do a ceremony where they like partner up, right? It's like and the, it will to tell the them, um, right? Yeah. Except then the game show side of it is like it will tell them how many correct matches they've gotten. Not who is correct, but how many. And if they don't get more correct matches than the week before, they lose $250,000. Oh, out of shoot. The, out of the potential million I'm cheating, then. they could win. I'm right? cheating then because I need that money. But even me explaining this, like, that sounds complicated, right? Yep. But it is fascinating to watch because in the beginning people are like i'm here for love and then by the end they're like i'm here shut for up money. stacy just go stand with tom we gotta win this seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. i love it uh, anyway. whoever the i would love to meet the mad genius who comes up with those with those shows this has nothing to do with britney no Spears. no we, I just, we have gone off on one of our tangents that is okay. okay that is okay it's okay but it's like you guys knew this could happen today it does it does happen it is interesting that they how fascinated we are with love because like there's so many lonely people out there mm -hmm. and they just want to see like other people get together but at the same time see them crumble well like it's I, a weird human that's like, the one that's of the, the weird things, cynicism mm -hmm. of it right no one of the things i loved about this game show which it's hard to call it a dating show because it does feel like a game show is that there is like everyone has a perfect match right mm -hmm. but if like if i was on it and i decided that i was in love with like whoever over here mm -hmm. and it turns out because they do have like a way of like basically guessing and mm -hmm. the show will confirm or deny if mm -hmm. the match is right so like you'll have couples who are like we're meant to be together put us in the truth booth and then the, the, the booth will be like no you guys aren't considered a perfect match and they're like we like each other anyways and like it's mm -hmm. interesting to watch people's like attitudes towards love versus pragmatism because mm -hmm. they they could win a lot of money <laughs> come out and i think that sort of reflects can we just dating. arrange marriage like back on no but like there's a whole like you know, people say like when you hit 30 or whatever, like your attitude is so different mm -hmm. um, because it's like, okay, do I need the things I needed when I was 20 when I was finding someone? Or like, am I deciding that there are there are better things? Again, we have mm -hmm. this natural inclination towards moving towards make pr more pragmatic thinking. I'm sorry, Brad. I know you. The moral of the topic. story is that uh, Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes are both engaged. That's, That's true. Cool. Good, good tie back. Not to each other. Not no to uh to to different men. So yeah, it would um, be. And funny. do you think that is pragmatic, or uh, do you think that that because someone else managed their life, they got to operate fully on love? That would be like a separate video all in itself. That's the to, show I want Netflix like, to produce about them. The yeah, it would be that would be interesting. But we are going to move on, and we are going to talk about Sydney Sweeney speaking Poor about uh <laughs> yes, speaking up about the. Don't worry, it was only like ten minutes longer than normal. Uh, <sighs> Sydney, I regret nothing. Uh, <laughs> Sydney Sweeney speaking is speaking up about her euphoria nude scenes now the. Uh, this is something that me, you, and I believe Dane yeah. covered initially, which was Euphoria is a show that I cannot personally watch because mm -hmm. of uh, the drug content. I am considering watching it. Uh, I, from what I would, uh, from There's what I've heard, where from they're smashing heads with locker doors. Um, the the, the uh, from what I understand from people whose opinion I trust, this is absolutely something you should probably be watching. Um, but it says uh, basically what happened was there was all these reports of like trouble on set, people who were uh, who took issue with the uh, amount of nudity in the show. We talked about it once when I was on the show, and it does seem like it's pretty heavy stuff. And I had said at the time, mm -hmm. like, I wonder how they're 
governing this like yes. are you know because i just worry about our our sweet gen z teenagers mm-hmm. mental health like, i didn't even a lot right now guys before we even get into this i wanted to do a whole segment and i never did on um intimacy coordinators which is an actual job mm-hmm. in hollywood um First of all, I'd love to see the number on how many men, male intimacy coordinators there are, because I can guess that number, and it is a very round zero number. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, uh, that stuff is fascinating. They it's were talking about in relation to Bridgerton. But uh, let's go through this here, and we'll, we'll come back to it um, if need be. So it says, Sydney Sweeney is currently enjoying quite a bit of success, as she is part of two television HBO of two television shows on HBO. The network is uh, certainly known for producing some of the best work on cable television. On top of appearing uh, in The White Lotus, Sweeney is one of the stars of Euphoria. Euphoria is currently on a record-breaking run, and it is now the second biggest HBO show next to Game of Thrones. While the show is in, uh, is enveloped, I love that word. Uh, I always want to say enveloped, but it's inve- it looks like, I like en- enveloped too. Yes, <laughs> enveloped in its success. There have been rumors that the series creator Sam Levinson has made the the work environment toxic. They love that. I just picture the the meme of people. St- uh, on top of the balcony. That's what I think of when they use toxic in situations mm, like this. I just think of Britney Spears toxic. and her music video. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, Sweeney recently cleared up the rumors about the sex scene she asked Levinson to cut out of the series. Now, another reason I want to cut about uh, talk about this is these actors know how manipulative the media is, mm-hmm. but they have to do these press junkets and they still have to talk to these trades. And I bet you when they're giving these interviews, they can already picture the headline that's going to be cut and paste well, to make them look worse. Yeah, I feel like they are like talking, having more horses, and they say one thing that like is off, and they're like, but like they make eye contact with the journalists, and it's like they're like, no. did you just give me that soundbite? Like, <laughs> Please don't just overlook it, miss it. Like that's what I was talking about. Kim Kardashian is like, I don't believe that she couldn't have it, like if she had seen something wrong with that Variety article about that quote she meant. I don't I believe told for you a second. What my thought on that she could have right? been just like, no. I, I told you that she like. She did it on purpose to deflect from other things. Yes, she's a genius. Um, so it's, uh, let's I did just... not realize. I was just gonna say I did not realize Euphoria. This the most recent season of Euphoria is season two. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was a first season. Uh, it's it's kind of like um, what's that? Nineteen eighty three and Yellowstone, which it yeah. picked up more steam in season two. It seems like this didn't even pick up steam. It like caught on fire yes. in season two. <laughs> So it's uh, a, well, Zend- I think Zendaya plays a big role in that. Being uh, she's uh, very she has hot really right t- now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. so when I would read about some of these things that actors are like, the reports that like, oh, she said this, or like one of the characters, people were like, oh, she complained about the direction of her character, so she got cut in the second season. Yeah, I was like, the second season? How do you guys already know that? Turns out. We're moving on to season three. So it says, while the opinion of the outside perspective is that Levinson has created a toxic work environment, Sidney Sweeney has spoken out in favor of his work. And then, of course, 10 years later, she could be like, but I had to go to season three, so I had to speak out in favor of him. Like, whenever I see stuff, I'm I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but whenever I'm on social media and I see, like, the the things from, like, celebrities who are, like, dressed uh, in very provocative clothing Mm -hmm. and they're doing the things that women do in their 20s because they're beautiful and they can, and that's golden, that's great, you should do that if that's what you feel is good for you. But I can already picture the articles 10 years from now where they're like, I felt like I was a piece of meat. I felt like I was being used. And it's like this weird cultural, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, where it's like, it's almost like a safety net you have to fall back on. Like, I can always fall back on bigotry. And that sounds like a hot taste. It's not meant to, but it's like, I can always fall back on, but did you enjoy that uh, attention when you were younger? 
but and then as you get older, your worldview changes, your experiences uh, change who you are, uh, and then you start to think, maybe I didn't. Uh, yeah, I think that like women in their 20s, and even if you're a super conservative or modest person or whatever, you will do things in your 20s, probably men too, that like later in life you're like, man, that was a dumb move. Or I did like plenty of stuff I would, in my 20s that was extremely stupid. Well, even if you don't go through like such a chaotic time like you did in your 20s. Well, I, well, I wasn't even referring to that. I mean, that, that, that's, okay. uh, yeah, that, <laughs> I, did, like, I did plenty of other stuff that was stupid too. No, but like, you know, everyone does and that's part of growing up. Like even people who look picture perfect and look like vanilla in some ways like they will have stuff that they're like yeah i was not like if i could take it back i would yeah. you know whatever i think part of the pressure like what you're saying is like that there is their career is tied to the attention they get and we've turned it into a right. form of social mm -hmm. currency right and so there's a chance that they would feel that way if they were if they did these things when they weren't famous and then 10 years later even if they're still not famous they would feel that way but now they found a way to monetize it well and like tying it to I felt like a piece of meat. Like it's hard to say. We didn't cover that, but I, I meant to. The, what? There was a, an interview where it was, there's this big article where I, I don't. It was the lady from the movie Troy, um, and she's like, the whole article. It's like it talks about the sexism in in the industry, and it just turns. And the whole article is based around like she had to go into a producer's office, like in her like in the costume, and like turn around so they could see her in the costume, and she's like, I felt like. And, but they made it out as if she was like. Uh, something awful happened to her, but basically it was like, as like, you don't think Brad Pitt had to go and stand in front of people in his, uh, doesn't friends do a whole thing where like Joey Tribbiani, the actor has to like show them his penis. Yeah. Can I say that on YouTube. Uh, I think you can say, yeah, it it's, it's, it's almost the correct word. word, like because of, I don't remember why, but for like some casting thing, yeah. like the, uh, those things I think are hard. I know when they talk about it in like the modeling industry, like, evaluating the body when it's supposed to be like a hanger basically for clothes is can be really damaging especially for young women mm -hmm. and i don't deny them that i just think that like i don't know we're a little bit off topic but like we are there is a chance that yeah sh like all of these girls will look back and be like whoa cannot believe i was in this in that role or performed these things on camera because mm -hmm. i also remember there's like a whole set of people behind them watching them do it yeah uh, th this is, I'm sorry, I'm, it says, Troy movie screen test made Diane Kruger feel like a piece of meat. Um, swimming with the sharks, Diane Kruger reveals that she felt like meat during a screen test for the, uh, yeah, so for the, the epic Troy. She reveals that she felt like meat during a screen test for the, the film Troy. The model turned actor had a long career in Hollywood. The, the model turned actor part is interesting to that. Well, uh, that's like, like I just yeah. made the comparison yeah. to fashion models who yeah. like, they don't even feel like meat because they're too tiny. Like they're yeah. literally told your body is a hanger yeah. that the mm -hmm. like the reasons they can be upset that you don't fit the clothes property properly is because you don't do the clothes justice yeah. Yeah. which like similarly for actors when they're evaluated in costume or whatever else like that it's a very difficult part of being part of a visual medium which yeah. i'm not saying that hollywood handles all the time in a super healthy positive way yeah but it's also not always unwarranted given what they are ultimately trying to produce yeah. so it's it, uh, I, and i know we're like i just says kruger's asked to test for an executive in full historically inspired wardrobe uh it says i remember testing for helen of troy and having to go to the studio head in costume and i felt like meat being looked up and down and was asked questions like why do you think you should be playing this role like when i think of that that just sounds like a classic Hollywood, uh, like they're looking for, do you have the charisma? They're looking for, do you have the visual appeal? Like it or not, 
the guys and the girls both have to look good for those roles. If you ever want to see something fascinating, watch like the workouts that Henry Cavill had to do mm-hmm. to become Superman. Well, what um, I was going to say is, do you, you know the movie Sound of Music, right? Yes. Yes. The actress, uh, Charmaine Carr, who plays Liesl, the oldest daughter, uh, when was Sound of Music filmed? In the... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know when, but, you know, well before modern times. Yes. Um, she had to do multiple screen tests because her eyes are very, very light blue and they yeah. were afraid they would look super strange on camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's we don't think about that the... now because technology has advanced yep. significantly, but like the visual component of production is unfortunately a reality. And again, I'm not always saying it's he- handled in a respectful or healthy way, but like, and this is all related to the, what they're talking about this uh, with Sam Levinson uh, with Levinson. Basically the idea is like, did he have to have so many nude scenes in his movie, in his show? I was like, well, he's the artist. He's the one creating this year. You're being paid to do a role. If you mm-hmm. don't want to do that role, you're no one's making you do that. Yeah. Uh, I think they're trying to draw a comparison to some of the accusations that have come forward yeah. from women who are on One Tree Hill, where they were like, they every time this every time the season went on, they put me in my bra. Like there were more and more episodes of you know yeah. me doing this or yeah. dressed really scantily, and like there was accusation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they're trying to draw a comparison to that. So it says Sweeney has uh, spoken out in favor of his work. According to her, I never asked him to cut any scenes. It got twisted and turned around and became its own beast. I was like, oh God, it was more how respectful Sam is and how incredible of a director he is. He would never make me do something I didn't feel comfortable with. Literally, all those articles were the opposite narrative mm-hmm. of that. It's strange too because... Every time I've heard Zendaya or this girl or like any of the actresses on the show talk about Sam Levinson, they're always talking about how like creative he is and how interesting he is and how they speak really positively of him, which is not bad if it's true, but it is definitely, you know, given concerning if it's not. I know. Yeah. Like I don't want to say anything. Are they but saying it because they're because they they feel like they have the, to? Yeah, yeah, Are we all gonna feel dumb in a couple years once someone is finally like? Well, you then know, you have we to wouldn't the... have gotten recast if we didn't say that. Yeah. But on the other hand, like if it's true, we don't want to like paint Sam Levinson mm. in a bad light. So it says apparently uh, there have been rumors that Sweeney had asked Levinson to remove some sex scenes that she felt weren't necessary to the character of Cassie, who who she portrays. It is not your job to decide what is necessary. He's the one who wrote the script. He's the one who knows where the story is going. It is his job to know what is necessary for that. It is your job to decide whether you want to take on that character in all its aspects, good and bad. Yeah, and I wonder how their contracts are negotiated. Yeah. because some actresses and actors have contracts that say i will only do this kind of nudity yeah. i will only do this kind of scene if we're filming a sex scene it has to be done under these circumstances in the show power um which is one of my favorite shows of all time the uh, it's uh omari hardwick um lila uh, loren uh 50 cent uh a lot of really 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 talented actors uh there's uh you have they had in their contracts that it was negotiated, they, they have to do, they have to be willing to be nude on camera. Otherwise we can't hire you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just had to be okay. They, it's like, if you want this role and you think that this is, uh, this something is the project you, we're signing on this, to, this is the project you're signing on to. You have to be willing to do that. And yeah. that, that because it was a star show. It was a 10 PM show. It's very much, uh, it's, it's about a guy. Um, it's like a drug kingpin and it's about that world. And when you enter these worlds that are not your PG 13, they're not your, uh, PG family related shows. One of the ways that you shock an audience into realizing you're watching something that's meant to portray something so heavy is through uh, visual is is through hard right. set visual cues. One of those is uh, heavy uh, style or less stylized heavy violence or nudity because it attributes to adult themes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I saw an interview with Sydney Sweeney where she was saying she 
I, I don't know what her dynamic with her dad is, but she's just saying, I forgot to tell my dad I was doing Euphoria. And <laughs> he sat down to watch it with my grandparents. Oh, my gosh. And they were like, how long did that last? She said, maybe 10 minutes. Oh, boy. And, like, I do understand where, like, maybe you're, like, a young actress and you're like, yeah, I'll do some nudity. And you don't realize what's happening mm -hmm. because, like, Euphoria has become notorious for how, like, yeah. Uh, extreme maybe some of it is taken game of thrones held the same i mean the the themes in game the themes in game of thrones just nudity uh just uh notwithstanding are way uh way more like scary and and creepy and effed up meaning the incest, i don't know euphoria's got some weird the, stuff but i'm just saying like the the actual uh stuff behind it was a lot more um like to, i guess maybe because to me uh teenage and a, a young adult drug use and all the pitfalls that come with it feel very of the times whereas they like feel uh, of the times but what i would challenge you on is people knew game of thrones was going to be like that because there were books yes right mm -hmm. whereas euphoria there are not books and also it seems because it's like a teen drama that it's geared towards teens which mm -hmm. we tend to classify as people as young as 12 up to 19 yeah. that is mm -hmm. a huge emotional spectrum yep so it says Sydney Sweeney currently takes on the role of Cassie in the show and the character is known to be promiscuous as she continually tries to find love in all the wrong ways. Based on her apparent character flaws, she is of course going to be involved in sexual situations and nude scenes. Those scenes are made, in, uh, made to show the internal struggles that Cassie has and how she is constantly seeking male validation. See, this is what I, I love is like when it's described there, you can tell that a good writer would be able to he, what he's going to have to do is is to take those themes and those ideas and then pull visual uh, imagery out of it that tells that story without dialogue mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and the only way to do that is through or not the only way uh, the most effective way they've found to do that is through these shocking or uh, a more um you know visually shocking scenes that show you just how desperate or just how uh screwed up your life can be yeah mm -hmm. um and without the watered down nature of television one of my favorite things to always laugh at is uh network television strip clubs in shows what when they're like it's like their feet it's, they're just well they're just have clothes on and they never explain like why do the strippers have clothes on uh and That's you're just funny. and you're just like it immediately you're like i'm watching a tv show well, that's a, you know what I mean like you're immediately taken out of it like well that's not real no yeah. dude is going and putting no that's just not happening sorry so it says it says Euphoria wrapped up its second season which coincided with the third season being picked up by HBO the series is clearly being talked about a great deal as mentioned above it's the second highest show behind Game of Thrones what this tells us really is that people love nudity mm -hmm. apparently and they mm -hmm. like shock factor and like, they, I do think this is more there there are from what I so I like kind of came out hard against it and i was like well i don't really know anything about the show i should watch like a clip or two mm. and um it's it seems like there is a lot going on more than just yeah. like teenage drug use and partying like yeah. it's complicated yep. which i mm -hmm. think is like the drama and the uh voyeurism in a way people yeah. get to experience a life that seems beyond theirs but i do agree with you like some of what i've seen in the show and again i haven't watched the whole thing is like there it's kind of like taking things that start off the way you would imagine them to and making them accelerate in, in how extreme they become yeah, um, very quickly to keep up with how short the seasons are and things like that. And I think that does give people the opportunity to sort of see these psychological tropes play out yeah, uh, as if you were reading them, but in a faster way, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Miracle, does, uh, does the nudity bother you? 
No. No? It didn't bother me in Game of Thrones. It didn't bother me in this show. I didn't think it would, but you yeah. never know. It'd be funny. Miracle's like, oh, no. <laughs> Miracle's like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I know. She's like, I just, I, I was like, I was, I was letting, I was aghast. That's a word, right? Aghast. Yes, it's yes. a word. Uh, I can just see Miracle just, I'm just, I can't believe they would show that to me. It's just awful. I don't know. For me, like, it depends. If you're a parent and you're showing your kids this, make sure they're appropriate age and mm -hmm. you, and you know how to teach them that, yes, drugs are bad. They can give you ups and downs in the emotions. Sex can be... Are we allowed to say that? I have no idea. I, I, am, I assume you're allowed to at least say the word. Okay, fornication is like... <laughs> <laughs> fornication, there's like... Emotionally, you have to be ready for it. Because there's some people who are emotionally not ready for it. And that's when you tell kids like, yeah, it's portrayed like the best thing ever because... You, Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. You don't know. It's just caution to the wind. And then for her, she chose. Um, did she actually wanted to be a part of that role or no? What do you mean? Like, did she chose to be a that role? The, 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 the actress. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm assuming she chose to. Otherwise, she wouldn't have chosen to do the show. Okay, so if she chose it, you chose it. You kind of knew what you were getting into. Well, she seems fine with it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just that that was misreported by the news. Yeah. So, so terrible writing on their part. Yep. Well, mm -hmm. I, I don't. I wouldn't say terrible. I'd say deliberate, most likely. Mm -hmm. Whoever wrote those initial articles. Um, Miracle, I'm about to make you very sad right now. Uh, the early Morbius reviews are in, and they're pretty much what you're expecting. Oh. Uh, we were all kind of hoping to be uh, pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. when they pushed the movie. Well, uh, they found a really good way of like making like the pushing it back again seem like it was going to be something good. Can I pause and say what is Morbius? Because uh, I don't actually remember. <laughs> it's a vampire. It's it's a it's a vampire movie okay. based on a Marvel character. Okay. okay, um, okay. Played by Jared Leto. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I really did just similar with yesterday where I picked topics that I knew would kind of make Dane sad and I had to I was explaining to Lydia I said I, I, I'm I'm growing to be very um, cynical cynical in that I read something that I know Dane is going to hate and I'm like this is going to be great on the show he's going to love well I'm going to love a puppet master now you're just it's, controlling our lives and emotions uh, like uh, but I, I don't think this would like hurt Miracle's feelings but no. I, I think she was hoping that this movie was going to get good reviews uh, that was gonna I wasn't that hoping was gonna... I was just hoping maybe it's a movie that I can actually watch well, okay with well I mean but yeah but maybe like good reviews might have bolstered that hope like maybe no, I uh, watch all reviews and I don't care if okay. I want to watch it I will watch it all right I watch spoiler reviews for God's sakes <laughs> so it says uh, this might sound a little bit harsh but fans would probably be a lot more surprised at this stage uh, where the upcoming comic book blockbuster Morbius to find itself drenched in critical acclaim and riding a huge wave of, of hugely positive buzz fans have been skeptical about the project since the very beginning and none of the various trailers or TV spots have done much to change change that perception um I, I would say that they're right about that i would say that spider-man no way home did more to make people positive yeah. about this than uh, any of their own trailers did just because technically morbius is a sony owned property and technically spider-man on film is a sony owned property mm -hmm. he is not the property of marvel or of disney uh because uh in the 90s disney uh marvel was very poor and had to sell off the film rights to a lot of their characters yes. uh, to stay afloat uh a la x-men a la spider-man 
Morbius. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I feel like some of these like intellectual property rights are like trading cards. That's what like, it, no. Mm -hmm. What it is is like uh, what it's like, whenever you watch like these. Uh, we don't talk about it a lot on here because it's kind of boring. But whenever you watch like these like uh, segments where these uh, head of the head of divisions come out and they and they talk about their what they're doing, it's always in that ridiculous corporate speak that just it sounds like Mad Libs. Like mm -hmm. it's like, and that's where vertical integration for the product will be viable in the third quarter. And it always sound like you're just like, oh, do you all go to the same drone school to learn to talk like that? Yes. But and it's always it's always about IP. It's always about expanding IP because they they don't care about creative ideas. They care about branding and they care about cross platform marketing. And uh, nobody cares about Spider Man movies. Uh, sure, it made a billion dollars, but the toys and the mm -hmm. shirts and the in the stuff for the kids that's where the money is yeah. so they don't care if, if, uh, if they want to tell the most serviceable basic story they can while pleasing all of the right special interest groups but what they really want is for it to be available in many forms yeah. over many platforms it's like that yeah. adage like if you feed him if you teach a man if you if you bring a man a fish he eats for a day but if mm -hmm. you make yeah. merchandise that he can sell for the next 10 years he'll feed all of the families for a lifetime that's i i remember that saying i think i found that on pinterest once yes, yes. i um, embroidered on a pillow yes uh so so i just like every time they do this stuff this character is kind of interesting because um i, I believe they're already talking about craven the hunter for yeah. the next project uh and morbius is kind of uh darker but it's so still so pg-13 mm -hmm. um so it's like i you I, what i loved about the trailers is it felt like i was watching a 2003 or 2004 superhero movie when mm -hmm. they hadn't quite figured out how to make them yet and i like i actually long for like bad movies from that time because they feel so innocent like i go back and watch objectively bad movies from that like i love uh daredevil and Elektra the movies even though i know mm -hmm. they're objectively terrible films I don't care because I love it's a that's a, like it's like a weird form of like a abusive nostalgia for myself. I'm like, sure, I hated this movie back then, but life was so much simpler. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I feel like a movie like this kind of uh, taps into that in a way. Uh, but it says the marketing has inevitably been slapped with plenty of Spider-Man and Venom references. Uh, that's another one to mention. Like uh, Venom is a very successful Sony franchise. Uh, yeah. The first Venom did very well. The second one did pretty well is you know despite being during the pandemic uh which when they were still using that as the brunt of the excuses as to why these things live or die if a movie does great it's because the movie's great if a movie does bad it's because of covid yeah. um but that movie did great it says uh so it says jared leto's debut as the living vampire will be worth their time but even uh even the leading man half jokingly revealed that he's got an excuse ready for uh should morbius flop which feels to me a bit like he's like hedging his bets <clears throat> And he's like, but you know, if it does fail, it's mm -hmm. like when they make these properties like super uh, politically correct, or I guess woke, if you like that term, I, I, I'm getting growingly sick of that term, but it's like they do it because then they know that when it fails, they can inevitably blame the customer. Well, uh, they're like, well, this movie wasn't made for you. And then you don't go see it. And they're like, they didn't go see it because they're bigots uh and that's uh that's like they fall back they're always looking for their out as to why it didn't do well and these reviews don't seem to be helping their cause so uh from brandon matthews it says he doesn't have a blue check which is surprisingly which is surprising me uh it says in a discouraging yet uh expected development gww editor i don't know which what that website is but uh, it says um uh brandon matthews claims that he hasn't been hearing great things regarding morbius 
Uh, oh, it's, we got this covered. Okay, so uh, uh, with press screenings recently being held at the review, at the, uh, ahead of the review embargo being lifted, one thing you have to always pay attention to when you're when stuff like this is coming out, pay very close attention to when the review embargo lifts. If the review embargo doesn't lift until like a couple of days before the movie comes out, it's a strong indication that your movie's gonna be pretty bad because mm-hmm. it means they were holding the critics from releasing their bad reviews until right around the time how do they do that like do they have an agreement yeah they have to sign uh non-disclosures oh to like see it if it's a press screening yeah they have to to sign it. so it's heard from several journalists who've seen the film already junket uh junket purposes uh that it's boring and uncalculated no consistency except that it's bad good moment here good in there and two or three easter eggs but otherwise just watch it when it gets when, when it gets home and then he makes the yeah it says so uh, they're saying we shouldn't waste our money. Just that's wait until it's like uploaded on streaming. Yeah, wait till it goes to. Uh, I guess this would be so. What does Sony use for streaming? Uh, uh, they're just all over the place. They, I think they, they're all over the place, but mainly Hulu. Yeah. So, uh, but we also have to use the reverse correlation where if the journalists hate it, that probably means that we will like it. Mm-hmm. So. The, what if the journalists hate it and you guys hate it? Like, what if it's just all around that? That does happen sometimes. It feels like the world turns upside down. So uh, funny to have like a united front. Yeah, you're just like uh, it's like the enemy. Are my we enemy. still gonna watch it? Oh That's yeah, my question. I would. Okay. I would still like to go see it. Um, like I said, Sony has uh, another reason I'm giving them leeway here sony's had a good track record mm-hmm. uh spider-man even though that's technically them in marvel good mm-hmm. uh venom good venom 2 okay yeah. uh ghostbusters afterlife really good mm-hmm. so sony as a studio is doing a lot to uh do what dis or what uh dc hasn't done which is um they've built the- their credibility up where you're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt so the reason the batman is not going to make a billion dollars is because the movies that came out prior to that given that character in the last few years haven't done well and you have to re-earn that trust from fans mm-hmm. so it made a lot of money it could have made more if the previous iteration wasn't so divisive uh and divided amongst fans and critics so Sony as a studio has released a lot of good work lately. People are giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm hoping that that means that will equate to more money because if they make more money and the movie is devoid of politics and it's just a fun story, be it uh, even if they're not reinventing the wheel, that's what you want. I don't want stories that reinvent the wheel. I want stories that tell basic, uh, good storytelling, good three act structure, make it if you're if it's about a superhero tell a heroic story about a guy either becoming who he's meant to be or saving the world for whatever the purpose is keep modern day politics out of it keep all of that out of it and just tell good stories and that's what we're hoping for here uh but the the reviews um are just it says early the reviews just aren't that great so that's the one that this guy was talking about um so it says this is just a from the direct it just says so is morbius good or bad this is just kind of their breakdown says after years of unfortunate delays this movie's been delayed not once not twice not three times not four times not five times six times this movie has been delayed all because of covid or no 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 No, this was in that's what i'm saying this was a problem before do you think they missed their mark of releasing this movie because this movie is about a living vampire so do you think if they release it during the time when they had twilight teen wolf and any other like supernatural tv shows dealing with that like the vampire crisis is kind of over yeah yeah 
I think it's mainly it's not hitting its mark because the vampire craze, like how you said, it's kind of over. People are done with it. How can you reinvent a vampire story other than that he's a superhero or an anti-hero? When did uh, when would you two? I don't know if you guys consider yourselves experts. When would you consider the death of vampire uh, culture? I think when the second, uh, the last Twilight movie, which would have been what twenty twelve. Yeah. I don't know, but I feel like it was like vampires and a little bit of werewolves were cool, and then like zombies got really big. Yeah, like, but then they died out. and stuff, and now they died out, and now it's like I don't think we have a thing right now because uh, people. What's a new thing? Well, that... actually, well then like Game of Thrones, high, high fantasy is mm-hmm. yeah. I was gonna say, uh, Game, then, of Thrones, like, Game of Thrones, Witcher, kind of took over, um, and that's more like medieval historical. Yeah. Like, but then that died out. Mythological. Too. Well, yeah, well, Witcher's still going on. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think we're on the ta- we're in like sort of the peak to tail end of that. But it was like vampires and then zombies mm-hmm. and then conversion. now we need vampire zombies. Or no. that's Resident Evil territory. Yes, well, but... that's and they can't do that well either. Yeah, I think we're gonna get a bunch of space stuff. Uh, and like but we had the Earth. space period. I think it's gonna come back. Though. Yeah, it every... always like the, space never takes on all the time yeah. like i think we're about to get some more space especially like no one wants to do a pandemic movie where the world is like over although there's been a couple i've been but watching, then it's like uh, maybe we'll just leave earth for a little mm-hmm. while because we can't say why but things aren't going well yeah i've been watching a show from 2014 to 2018 called the last ship and it's about uh, a virus breaks out and kills like almost all the population of the world mm-hmm. and america comes and uh develops a vaccine um, yes. Uh, That's so interesting. This reminds me of something. 20, yeah, I can't I, say why. It's really, it's, it's, I it's. Can't put my finger on the, it. I, I love it. It's got the, uh, I, I think I've told this. I'm like, I'm just, I love the rah rah American. Like, they're just like, it's just so pro American military. I know that that's, that nothing, uh, no state organization is ever that virtuous. But by God, if I don't love it anyways when it's done in storytelling, because it's not about the group, it's about the inherent uh, connection of people in a group together that I connect with and that's totally what that show is about it's like these guys yeah they're they, they're on a ship and the world is uh basically coming there's warring factions and they take on evil people from yeah. other there's evil russians there's evil colombians there's evil cambodians there's evil americans well and i think there's always been an interest in like dystopian you know yeah and like mm-hmm. then we that i would say that more than anything COVID and people were a little bit like mm, too close to home but like you know a quiet place like again yeah. if we have mm-hmm. like the vampire days maybe a little bit of werewolf then we hit zombie mania and then mm-hmm. we hit like what did you what term did you use high fantasy i would say yeah. dystopian would be a better example of what's held its own for the last t- 10 to 15 years because zombies uh 10 All of the- are dystopian the 100 was a very popular show that was only um, good the first few seasons revolution was a, a very underrated show that had skeet ulrich for right. uh two seasons where like all the power in the in the there's all the power in the world mysteriously goes uh, out there's snow piercer uh, also or- where it talked about um different social yep. class so if like jericho if mm-hmm. this guy morbius like he's an anti-hero and i think some dystopian narratives lend themselves to the anti-hero right yeah mm-hmm. and like it sounds like you're totally like i think miracle's right like it's yeah. just that like zombie or vampire craze is not quite there and also and they the, didn't adapt it to I, meet some of the other yeah. also before I, I it was uh jericho had skeet ulrich and revolution had billy burkett before somebody eventually says uh, you idiot that's not who's okay all right i've made my collection Continue. okay thanks but yeah also the anti-hero craze is kind they kind of missed it too like after they made deadpool 2 and um logan like basically they were kind of done with it and then harley quinn kind of ruined it 
Punisher sh- series has done well, but yeah, but that was like during the time of yes. Deadpool. Like Harley Quinn kind of ruined the whole anti-hero thing. Yes, well, yes, in my opinion, because like I get it, Harley Quinn, great, she's zany, she's cute. I get Mr. it, Mr. J. Mr. J. Okay, so it says uh, after years of unfortunate delays, the rumors first reaction seemed to uh, the rumored first reaction seemed to suggest Sony still missed the mark with Morbius. Granted, this won't come as a surprise to many as excitement for Sony's la- latest Marvel venture has been low since the beginning, as trailers failed to generate much interest. While the first critics sitting down uh, for Morbius don't seem to be getting much enjoyment out of it, that doesn't necessarily mean audiences won't. You see, mm-hmm. he's right. This guy gets it. Venom has a measly 30% ratings from uh, among critics, but a comfortable 81% amongst audiences. This is a mm-hmm. very common thing. Look at The Last Jedi. It goes the opposite way. Critics love it. Fans hate it. Um, this instance proves that journalists and fans aren't always united. I think he means are almost always not united. <laughs> <laughs> They're very rarely it's united. Brand new information to him. Uh, yeah, see, he's figuring it out. It's uh, the promise of occasional good moments and several Easter eggs do offer some glimmer of hope. What I think what they're missing from it is, is like, I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm projecting here a little bit, a lot of people will put up with a lot to get a movie that doesn't get that doesn't slam some type of agenda down their throat. If it's just a fun time at the movies, like uh, it's almost like whenever we watch this stuff, I'm always like, yeah. but they didn't shove any like messaging down my throat, so I give it like an objectively average movie, like a much better score because I'm just a You're just beating I'm, submission I'm, by now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad I didn't have to hear about some lame uh, intersectional identity politics ridden discussion the whole movie. So I'm like, I'll give it a B plus, and it's probably like a C uh, C at best. But I'm just like. Oh, Oh, thank God. Like every time I watch something that, you know, you're always like, unfortunately, when you do cover this stuff, you're hypersensitive to it. So mm-hmm. if they can just give me two hours at the movies, it's just a good time. Uh, they're going to get a much higher score from me than I'm sure uh, from a lot of people. So hopes, uh, my hopes are very high that this movie still does well, despite the. I think we'll like it. I, I, I honestly think we're going to like it because I like the trailer. It was like really pretty. I love like anything that's like that color palette. Anything with black, green, and like that dark weird, blues, that dark blue. Yeah. Like I like that color palette. Yeah. Well, that, and I think, like I said, we have a lot different uh, expectations for these mm-hmm. films than like I. I get annoyed at the amount of critics that still go into these things expecting it to be some type of high end drama, and that's that can happen. There you are movies watch... that can do that. The Batman mm-hmm. took its stab at doing humanist um, art, uh, art house style uh, superhero uh, work, but not all of them need to be that. There is a market for just fun movies, and I think that we need to uh, find our way back to that. So to do that, we will go watch Morbius. Yeah. Yes. I'm hoping it'll do well. I just don't know anymore. We will see. Everything that's good is crumbling I before see, my eyes. I disagree. You okay, I think, Miracle? You okay? I think, I'm like secretly dying. Oh and I'm gosh. like, oh no, I don't see color anymore. Well, we'll we'll see. We we will see about it. I I have uh, higher hopes than these people did than the journalists do. <laughs> Brett so, is the shining rainbow. That is me. So this is a uh, this is an article that I, I literally saved for days to talk about. I know it's old. I don't care. Okay. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. It's Brett's show. And he it can is do whatever I, he wants. He thinks Brett uh, is have, the boss. Have either of you ever lied on your resume? Yeah. To get a job. Really? Yeah. What do you lie about? I can't discuss it here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Never She was lie. better off just saying no, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you mean lying to you? Um, no, I've never lied on a resume. Okay. Um, I asked this question no, because... I, I think that I've never lied. I do think that I have like all gone out of my way to frame things in the most 
positive light, but they've never been alive. There's always mm -hmm. that meme. It's like I was a, a, it's like I was a food dispenser technician at so and so, and it's like it's like a fast food restaurant. It's like I was a, I was a food dispensement technician for a multi billion dollar corporation, and they're like a, a drive through worker at McDonald's. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just think I tried really hard to like have a lot of different experiences so I could like pad my resume yes but i never had to lie okay so mm -hmm. th now what i do want to point out is that this article is uh about alleged al their allegations none of this is proven but this was absolutely fascinating to me it says gray's anatomy writer goes wait, on wait, wait. did you lie on a resume i don't think i've i don't think i have the creativity to lie on a resume like, no, like, like it's amazing. I, how I, I did it i stretched the truth a little bit it's technically not lying but I stretch. You don't it. feel confident about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, like, like, it's like, I was like a, I was like second, I was like the most, the best employee. I'll just say I was a manager. I could see somebody doing that. Like I, you know, I was like the most unproductive employee, but it turns out there's only one employee. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, uh, so Gray's anatomy writer goes on leave after reports alleged she made up ailments for gig. The, the writer has been uh, on the show since 2014. It says, to say that Grey's Anatomy has carved out a place for itself within television history would be an understatement. One of the biggest reasons for that is uh, reasons for this is that series creator Shonda Rhimes, she's the one who created Scandal, uh, if anybody doesn't know into how to get away with murder, mm -hmm. uh, and her team have been so successful is that they've delivered stories that contain a significant amount of authenticity. This is partly achieved by hiring writers who have actually lived through some of the experiences Meredith Grey and her colleagues experienced each week. A writer for the show, however, is now taking a leave of absence after a recent report alleges she made up medical ailments during her time on the job. So I imagine somebody goes in for a job interview and she's got this long resume. I wrote this movie. I wrote this television show. I got a, an Emmy, uh, a daytime Emmy nomination for this. And they're like, <clears throat> but have you been sick? Have you been She's like, let me tell you how sick I've been. Exactly. So it <laughs> says Elizabeth Finch is the staff writer who's been placed on administrative leave due to an ongoing investigation. The Ankler was the first to report the Disney television studios is looking into claims that Finch fabricated aspects of her life while talking with the writer's room. The TV scribe lawyer, uh, the TV scribe's lawyer recently released a statement to people on, t uh, on the matter. Miss Finch is not going to discuss her private health matters. Likewise, she does. She will not speak about her pending divorce from her estranged wife. Jennifer Beyer. Do we think Bayer. that's they're mentioning that because that's who like told the studio? Ooh, I don't know. Or or comment on and she has nothing to say about this person. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I says or comments on any statements that Miss Bayer may have made to a third party. So this could be just the product of a messy divorce, or it could be this person's way of using a truthful statement to frame her uh you know everyone knows divorces as we know between kim and kanye divorces get nasty mm -hmm. uh it says according to reports elizabeth finch who's written for the shows like tr for shows like true blood claimed that she suffers from a rare form of bone cancer and that she lost part of her kidney and leg she also allegedly recalled how she'd experienced verbal and sexual abuse at the hands of a male director while she was working on the cw's the vampire diaries amid the investigation uh, amid the investigation shonda land uh issued a brief statement to the trade only elizabeth can speak to her personal story um you speak your truth woman that's the, what the article th said it's a very this is the one of the most dangerous aspects of terms like my truth um what i find i kind of find the hipaa aspect of this fascinating like how do they prove this anyways if medical records are private um does the show have the right to subpoena medical records if it has to do with fraud Right. Or like if she's like, well, 
comes out like later she's like well i told you i had had this form of cancer but it was somebody close but to it was you. actually my sister but i didn't want to violate like I didn't want to like you uh, violate her privacy, which would be a fantastic way of framing it if it was her. She's like, but then like theoretically, if the ex-wife is in the picture and she's like, I met your sister and she's fine. Like, <laughs> but then at that point, are you supposed to be listening to her anyway? There's a skit where just every time this lady tries to get her job, her like ex-wife pops up, pops up. She's, just, she's lying. <laughs> but also, like, there are um, patterns in some relationships they fall apart where like they go after your job, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. There is a level of like, should you be listening to this person anyways? Yep. Uh, so I, I, what I was fascinated by on the comments in the deadline article, it says, uh, it says, yes, I feel, it says, does anybody else know uh, new love Finchie feel like they need a group therapy session? I keep crying grief and rage on a loop. Uh, there was a lot of comments like, so she relied on her resume. So what? Like, these are big claims to make yeah. and i feel like they they do a disservice to people who have actually gone through like imagine being a cancer patient and you find out that somebody who didn't go through the horrors you went through uh uses your trauma to advance their career well mm -hmm. and also like if you if shonda rhimes hired this girl because she like told her in a really emotional way about her health experiences and struggles yeah. like does that make it feel more like fraud because you wouldn't have hired them if you didn't feel like you connected with them on an emotional level? Yeah. Like, it's not so much that she hasn't been sick, but it's that she manipulated people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, again, I, I, in some ways, I understand the, like, so why did she lied on her resume? It's like, well, it feels more than, like, lying on your resume. It does. To me, th there's a, a large part of me sees a, a lot of cynicism in this. There's a lot of cynicism in the, uh, like, what we've, done is essentially turn victimhood into currency mm -hmm. uh and they're you and i see this as a cynical way of using something that they can't legally prove she didn't go through uh and i feel like it's dehumanizing to people who have actually gone through these things um and i i feel like this is hollywood's done this to themselves by encouraging this behavior uh, yeah I, I don't see like if anything i see uh i i blame this woman less than I blame the environment they've created that makes behavior like this feel necessary. Well, what I was going to say is like, did she feel like this was necessary? And the other part is like, so I looked up her IMDb. She's been, she's uh, gotten like writing credits, but she's also gotten producer credits. Like are her episodes popular? Because uh, maybe her ability to convince everyone that she had had these medical experiences is a mm -hmm. testament to like, but then we find out later that she didn't go through it and she's just a really good writer. She's really good writer. She's, like, just... she's extremely convincing. And like, what if her episodes are all extremely popular? Yep. Like, I'm not saying she's an ethical person, yep. but whatever, like, I don't know if it's creativity or deception or the... manipulation, whatever, like, is f made it possible for her to get into this writing room ultimately benefited her career and the show. Like, is that also a bad thing? And then she rose Again, to the occasion. not mm -hmm. saying it's honest or ethical, but yep. did the show profit from her deception in a in a positive way she also remember they slipped in the she also allegedly recalled how she experienced sexual and verbal abuse uh verbal and sexual abuse at the hands of a male director uh while working in the cw's vampire Diaries. notice that no director has been named and that person is still working in the industry if that's true mm -hmm. um that's a problem amid the investigation so it says down here it says the television writer joined gray's anatomy in 2014 and has since written some of the show's most acclaimed installments 
interesting. So one of her most notable credits is the 2015 episode Silent All These Years. What if, what if like she was really good at writing stuff that she didn't go through, mm -hmm. but all the episodes that are about stuff she did go through just never hit the mark? Right. Well, <laughs> I actually think that can be the case, like if you're too close to something. Yeah. But also like if you have, I'm going to use the term vivid imagination, but obviously it seems more cynical than that. Yeah. Like if you are very good at deception or if you have such, uh, if your mind works in a way that you are like, really creating elaborate vivid lies like maybe that does aid her mm -hmm. writing career so it says one of the most notable credits is the 2015 episode silent all these years which many regard as one of the best graves episodes thus far huh. in it joe wilson met her birth mother and ultimately learned that she was conceived from a rape the episode garnered praise from viewers and it was later discovered that Shonda Rhimes had to fight to keep key aspects of the story intact. In addition to her uh, to her work as a writer on the story on the story, the No Ordinary Family alum also appeared on camera as a nurse during the episode. My when I initially saw this article, uh, I thought they were going to talk about like where uh, I thought it was like maybe she told everyone she was a nurse and then like they have her on as like a nurse in the show and like she turns out she was never actually a nurse, but it was a uh, <laughs> Uh, well, do you know how in Friends, Gunther, the like blonde yeah. guy, yeah. like he gets to be the barista at that cafe because he was the only one who knew how to operate the espresso machine. Yep. Like if she had been like, no, no, I am a nurse. They're like, cool, because we need you to actually perform this medical procedure live. Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm she's a psychologist. Like, she's actually. like, I have made a mistake, but I cannot back out now. Yes. But I think this is way more interesting. Mostly I'm glad that I called it on the like, what if yeah. her episodes are popular? She's good at it because it apparently could be true that she actually went through it. Well, and like then if if it was mutually beneficial, like if her episodes perform really well, like does it matter that she lied? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where I come down to like, does she, do the people involved in her hiring feel like she kind of defrauded them or like manipulated yeah. them? Like, but uh, again, if the objection object is to make successful episodes and she did that, I don't know. It is interesting because it's a it's, crazy gray area. It's, it's like um, if they lied about some accomplishment, would you be just as mad? Like, what if she says, "I won the 2015 Writers Award for this," and you're and you find out later that she even didn't. though she wrote good uh, awards or wrote good episodes, she didn't actually win that award. So she got there uh, without, you know, uh, what's I guess stolen valor would be the term in, sure. in, in military circles. Yeah. But it, it, is this any different? Than someone uh, doing that, I do. Th I I see a lot of differences there, but uh... like this feels wrong to me. But just because someone has gone through a medical or traumatic experience doesn't actually make them capable or yeah. like more qualified or more talented at writing that. And yes. it is interesting that her episodes are considered yeah. acclaimed. Like yeah. she has been successful for the show. If if she hadn't lied about it, her episodes might have still gone on to be. Yep. you know noteworthy yep so it, it does um what, what i do find very interesting is uh it said in the first article in the main article that they the writers uh the the writers room wanted people that had gone through hard medical procedure you know uh so what was the what was the word it says uh it says uh her team has been so successful that they've delivered stories that contain a significant amount of authenticity this is partly achieved by hiring writers who have actually lived through some of the experiences meredith gray and her colleagues have experienced well, it turns out it's not like so, not, they don't actually need to have experience so like does that does that incentivize very very um enterprising young writers to fib ever so slightly about something as personal and as important as your medical history um especially in an age where you apparently don't have a private you shouldn't you're not allowed to have private medical history anyways mm -hmm. uh 
ignore screen me. Screen go out? No. You good? Okay. I, just, uh, I can't use technology. Okay. So, <laughs> like, you know, in an age where, the, you know, we were having vaccine passports and you're told that your medical history is no longer private, uh, is, is this an argument for her to make um, uh, in this day and age when, when she's uh, being called out by her, her ex-wife or her estranged wife? Well, wouldn't it be cooler now she has, like, more clicks because people are like, wow. She's really good at her job. Now they go in specifically to watch those episodes. Yep. yep. And she's like, she starts getting all this work. Can you write for our, us about how to write something? Can you write me a movie about a writer who knows how to write without knowing what they're writing about? Well, isn't wasn't it like Emily Dickinson who was like one of the, like, she would write all these stories about travel and romance and all these things. And mm-hmm. she was like essentially a recluse. Like she lived yeah. on her own and was like, as far as we could tell, in, in never in any kind of serious romantic relationship. Like, it's just sort of interesting. Like, it doesn't actually, experience doesn't actually always translate to ability to generate art. You Correct I mean? me if I'm wrong, but plenty of men write women's romance novels under pen names because mm-hmm. they feel like they won't sell well if it's, it shows that it's been written by a guy. Yeah, which is like, it's interesting. I understand why the writing room at Grey's Anatomy would be like, we want people who have gone through serious medical issues because it's the same yeah. way that you might bring on a doctor or a, med- a hospital administrator mm-hmm. as a consultant because yes. those are aspects and you want to get them right but like but that's like the hard science stuff that you need but to they consult- still yeah. get it wrong either yeah. way yeah but also like it, it turns out that she doesn't like her having gone through these things it's not like she was a per- poor performing writer who then got caught lying and it's like oh yeah that's why you were bad you didn't have any experience like it didn't seem relevant in this case it's the Mm -hmm. weird hollywood obsession where they keep telling you that you can't write about something you can't understand it unless you've actually like you can't write uh about a character that looks like this unless you look exactly like that character yeah Mm -hmm. even though you're writing a fantasy about somebody who's not you who uh despite having uh maybe superficial immutable characteristics that resemble you that does not mean that you can't write about something that you that that you didn't experience because that's the power of imagination right uh they find they feel that that they they believe at least in their mind that that means that that would be more authentic theoretically but a writer a less talented writer who happened to uh, experience something similar isn't necessarily going to write something better and likely won't write something better than a really gifted hard-working writer with a strong imagination and work ethic to do the research uh and in really um envelop themselves in that character uh, I don't think the superficial characteristics matter as much. And the same could be true here. Maybe she didn't go through this, but she still wrote fantastic episodes. I still think that what she did was kind of creepy if that's what happened. We don't, again, these are all allegations. We don't know if this is actually what happened. Yeah, and, and lying is wrong. Yes, like, lying is wrong. I don't want to like, let this off too easily. Like It's mm-hmm. obviously immoral to lie. Yes. It's just that like I is, is, is the studio mad because they didn't, they got... Duke. caught real like they were called out for being dumb for yeah. not catching it or like what uh i think my guess is that they said the ex-wife brought this to their attention now they have to and like again uh, can you really take her well what i was gonna say is like but she's go is this writer gonna get fired because it turns out like she sort of it seems like she has pulled her weight in the writing room. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we will see. I mean, people get fired for a lot less uh, in, in these industries. Yeah, so. I don't have a... I, again, like, I could see getting fired for this, but yep. notably, yep. it doesn't seem like it's actually affected her performance. Per- so we will see. Yeah. We, we will see down the line. Yeah. Uh, 
Was it as fascinating to you as it was to me? I found that to be a ridiculously interesting thing. Yeah, I think to, it's super interesting. Uh, I'm all about it. Miracle? Uh, was, am I crazy? No, like there's cases where people lie about um, what they studied for. Like this one kid, I think he's like a few years older than me, but he said, yeah, I went to school and they hired him as a pharma uh, pharmacist at Rite Aid. Mm. And he's been giving prescriptions to people like nonstop. And he was like the number one employee, but he never had a degree. They never did a background think, check on him. You don't need a degree to... to yeah, yeah you do. You have to get like an advanced degree to be a pharmacist. You, uh, like, no, I mean, you, can, you work can work in a, in a pharmacy, pharmacy, but yeah, but you can't dispense. With some medical training, but you can't I don't dispense. Know, but you can't yeah. spend. So like, that one seems harder to no, me. No, but like for him, they said, do you have a medical degree? Because he's the one that... Because there's like pharmacy mm -hmm. school. Yeah, because they wanted to know if like a patient... Because, like, you know, Rite Aid is also a pharmacy, too. Like, you can talk to somebody yeah. and they can advise you what medication to take. So they asked him, can you do that? And he's like, sure. And they hired him. And he's been well, doing that. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. That, that's on Rite Aid. See, that feels yeah. like worse. Like, maybe I'm biased because I'm a writer. But, like, it feels worse to yeah. lie in that scenario like, that's, than uh, to be like, I have, like, mm -hmm. It's not correct to lie about your medical history, especially to gain a job. Like, mm -hmm. that seems manipulative. Lying about being able to give medical advice when you have no, no training feels like you're gambling yeah. with a lot of people's yeah. lives. Did you ever, yeah. Like, no one's going to die if this mm -hmm. girl hasn't did, had cancer did, yeah. and then writes on the show. Mm -hmm. Did you see the uh, the story from, like, Lad Bible a couple of weeks ago about the guy who got his first ticket at the age of, like, he'd never had a driver's license. He's, like, 80 years old. Uh, and he, he finally got caught, like, not uh, without a license. Uh, and he's like, he's been driving since he was 14. Uh, I feel like that's, that's his, so funny. Uh, I'd never heard that. Yeah. Guy guy had been driving his whole life. And then finally, like, uh, he didn't even get in trouble. Like, some, like some act of God, if I remember correctly, like, uh, like hit his windshield and he had to pull over and they find out that the guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. We are going to talk about, this is very, very, uh, Maury. Maury is retiring. Um uh and um fathers ditching uh potential parenthood everywhere are are mourning as they are no longer going to find out that they are not the father um it, this is very sad uh mm -hmm. when you really think of like um cultural staples <laughs> it, it's weird to think but it's like bob barker when he was alive was bob barker right uh mm -hmm. price is right he's not still around right Bob Barker. Does anybody know if no, Bob he Barker? Died. He, no, yes, he, he, died. he passed away. Um, so you think of like these shows that were uh, part of your the sick day routine you had when you were a kid, and that's what I think of is a lot of shows like this. Um, and everyone knows who who Mari is. It's like uh, if you were to say, okay, you keep saying Mari, but I always hard Maury. to pronounce Mari. I say, is Ma this a regional thing? No, I would. I said Mari too. Is this too. your Minnesotan I accent? I said Mari too, <laughs> but I'm like saying it as reading it, so I'm like pronouncing it. No, it's fine. I would say Mori. Um, sure. But the uh, I honestly have no idea how it's pronounced. It's Mori. It's Mori. But oh, okay. it just yeah. it look the spelling looks weird to me. So, uh, but when you really think of dysfunctional people. Uh, on television, you think of him and Jerry Stein and 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 uh, Jerry Springer. Springer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you so. Uh, oh, by the way, this is a Timcast article mm -hmm. uh, uh, from Michael. Uh, so it says, uh, after more than thirty years, famed daytime talk show host Maury. Yes. Yes, Povich 
Povich, 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 is retiring with the final episode of Maury scheduled to air in September. On Monday, November, uh, NBC Universal confirmed the upcoming retirement of the 83-year-old television host. Given how much work I'm sure goes into doing that job, he's got to have a strong work ethic. Brett's like, I want to retire next year. Yeah. I don't know how this guy did it. I don't know how the hell the guy did it for that many years, I tell you. Uh, Isn't he like highly stressed out too? Because like there's some people who get upset about the test results. Well, I'm sure the dude's 83. I, I'm sure in any stress in your 80s is not good for you. Like <laughs> fans, uh, fans can be sure the older episodes of Maury will live on after NBC said the show has thousands of lively, entertaining, and dramatic episodes that will continue to be successful in daytime for years to come. Mm -hmm. The question is, do they replace him with someone? Because uh, he well, can't, and it's can't named keep after the name. Him, yeah, so. he can't keep the name, so it's like... Uh, well, Steve Harvey does has a talk show, right, that sometimes has stuff like this on it, or no? Uh, oh, there was a like. What didn't uh, Arsenio Hall do? Or not like Arsenio, maybe um, something just like fills the yeah. void. Yeah. Well, there's there's other shows like this. Uh, they were never my cup of tea because uh, it always seemed. Well, really... you guys forgot Jerry Springer and I, then I, Doctor Phil. I mentioned Jerry Springer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys did. I zoned out. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Okay, so um, over us. <laughs> uh, in a statement, Maury said, I'm so proud of my relationship with NBC Universal and all of those who worked on the Maury show, but I occasionally tell my guests on Maury, enough already. <laughs> they film in my home state, I believe. Oh, there you go. The daytime talk show discovered a successful formula for attention that has continued to work for most of its existence. Maury developed a strategy of using tests to reveal paternity results of those in question or lie detectors to see if a spouse is cheating or not. The high drama approach garnered lots of attention and ratings for the talk show. Think of how many cultural shifts 30 years have uh, this. Dude, so, so 30 years ago is what? Uh, what year would 30 years ago be? That would be the 90s. Mm -hmm, or, that's mm -hmm. scary to think of, right? That, that, Brett just had a heart attack. Like, <laughs> like it's like it's like it's like when think I think of when you were born. How old there, you are? There's all those memes of like it's like I think of the I think of the 30 years ago and I think of the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that killed you. What no, you but like that makes sense, right? Like you're like just over 20, so 20 years ago is about the time. You I were don't born. know why like, that killed me, but. You I'm not calling him old. I'm just calling time relevant. <laughs> I don't know why that killed me. I'm so sorry. Cut to you. Yeah. I do, I do feel like it's the end of an era. Like, I do remember when Oprah... I did just get called old. <laughs> That's not what that was. I'm calling time relevant to one's age. I, you, I just gave you a math hack there. Um, the thing the that... The show is canceled. <laughs> So dramatic, breath retiring. Um, I, I, I am no, retired. but what I was gonna say is like this kind of reminds me in some ways of when Oprah retired, yeah, and then sort of didn't retire, but then like mostly retired. And they always come back to do other shows, and it's like, yeah, uh, and she has like a couple of other network things. Like, I don't, she really, owns her own network, yeah, and mm -hmm. her own magazine and stuff like that. But like, when she retired, people were like, what happens now? And Ellen kind of filled her place yep. as like the talk show person, and Ellen seems to be on or, the outs or is not officially over. I don't remember. What was I the other one? Was like, um uh daytime the with um Regis and Kathy Lee, and then it became Regis and Kelly, and then and then Kelly, Kelly and, and someone somebody. else. So it's yeah. like it's like it becomes like a dynasty. But that's like a name of a show. The show is a regular name. This is just his name. Yeah. Now maybe if he maybe he what he wanted to do was have a kid name him Maury Junior, and then Maury Junior can take over for I him. I kind of want to know. Does he have a son? Uh, I you, let me search. You up. are you have a device in front of you that has basically the I, summation of all human knowledge. I get um, it. Fingers, keyboards, key type. It's hard you, typing. You figure it out. Uh, so it says, um, Oh, he missed his chance. He has a son named Matthew. 
that's it. Ah, well, maybe the DM, they, the M they logo can, could stay. They could lie and say Matthew's middle name is Mari, and he can be Matthew Mari Povich. Uh, before venturing into the world of talk shows, Povich was a television journalist. He anchored multiple local news shows in major cities uh, across the nation, including Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. Those are all heavy markets. So that's like that's he wasn't like he's like a real person. Yeah, he's like well, like he wasn't doing like small town America or, or like uh, some second. He wasn't even doing St. Paul or Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. He was doing Chicago. So it says Povich's uh, city anchor in Los Angeles was. Uh, oh, his co-anchor was Connie Chung. <laughs> They're married, right? Is yes, married in 1984. You learn something new every mm-hmm. day. Uh, in 1986, he took the spot as the host of the entertainment show's A Current Affair. In 1991, he launched the Maury Povich Show with Paramount. The show moved to NBC Universal. So he has had a long, illustrious career of giving a lot of men great news that they are in fact not the father, mm-hmm. and making a lot of women sad when they find out that the guy is not the father, and that uh, they never seem all that happy when they find out who is the father either. Uh, and the lie detector thing was, uh, we should do that here. Mm-hmm. We should all do, take lie detector tests. I'm down. What? Why? I mean, uh, sure, but like, why? Actually, it would be awful idea here. Uh, Miracle, yes. we've got one more topic, and I think this one will make you very happy. Mm-hmm. It's actually a prequel. Earlier, I said sequel. Uh, you know. Uh, Supernatural prequel. The Winchesters adds Meg Donnelly and Drake Roger in lead roles. Uh, it, it should be noted that this uh, was an announcement of such magnitude that our coworker Sarah was quite excited. <laughs> Uh, um, she wanted me to pass along this message. So Sarah said, um, Jason Ackles, she loves you and she wants to meet you and hug you. And then the guy, well, I don't know who Jason Ackles is, but Jensen Ackles. My bad. Um, I can't get names right. Okay. Keep going. Um, and also the guy who played Lucifer, please come on the show. Tom Ellis. Thank you. Happy Please come help. on the show. Yep. So um, she would be very happy if you were to to do that. So make uh, our co uh, our coworker Sarah very happy by. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be happy. Come too. on, Jensen. Jensen's a great name. Yeah. Well, he's playing as um, the boys' version of Captain America. You know, originally he was supposed to be um, the role of Captain America, but then they said nah I and gave was... it to um, Chris Evans. You mean Homelander? The guy who plays Homelander? No. On who who plays Home? Or Home- so Homelander. Homelander's Anthony Starr. Yeah, but um, basically Jensen Ackles. It's gonna be a different version. Okay. It's gonna be like a parody version of Captain America, and it's ironic because originally he was supposed to play as Captain America. We've got news on the boys that we're gonna to cover tomorrow. Yay! Yep. So I love that show. So we've got some hot off the press news surrounding the prequel uh, tale of everyone's favorite demon hunting family. Uh, it was revealed that Meg Donnelly from American Housewife and Drake Roger from The In Between will hop on board the CW's The Winchesters. The two performers will join Nita Kershid uh, from Station 19 and Jojo Fletus. Uh, whose castings were announced in the la- just last week. I don't know. Those two aren't names that I'm familiar with. Uh, Station 19 is a little too modern for me as far as... Uh, I-, I could still kind of watch uh, Chicago Fire mm-hmm. once every blue moon uh, and not be weirded out by the guy's American accent, who's mm-hmm. clearly Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it says, Producer Robbie Thomas is teaming up with the Supernatural star Jensen Ackles and Ackles' wife, uh, actress Daniil. De- uh, Ackles from One Tree Hill uh, to create the series alongside Warner Brothers. To, uh, it says Glenn Winter from Supergirl. Yeah, Glenn Winter. As a producer, Glenn Winter is very uh, prolific. He's done a lot of stuff. So Thompson, who also joins the series as an executive producer, penned the Winchesters, which will tell a story long before Dean and Sam picked up the picked up the family business. So this is the parents. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is this something that you're excited about? I'm kind of excited because um, how. Did- 
didn't they try another spinoff earlier and it didn't take? There was like another spinoff attempt for a different type of uh, supernatural spinoff. I don't recall this. Okay, so you're excited about this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited because if you actually watch Supernatural all the way to those 13 seasons, um, first season, how you're introduced to the mom, she's on the ceiling on fire. I remember that. Above I, a baby's crib. I've only watched the first season and I mm-hmm. remember that part. Well, like later they do talk about her like she's like the nicest woman you'll ever meet. Other than being on fire above a baby's crib. Motherhood yeah. is really stressed. It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> give me a break. Well, she was only on fire because of demon. I need a glass of wine, she said. And said <laughs> <laughs> but no, it like I feel like they could do it if Sarah requested this. CW, please allow to have gory moments. If you cut off somebody's head, show you cutting off the head and blood spewing out. I, I don't think the CW really has a say in that matter because it's network television. They could, Shh, I mean, 10 o'clock. You're they're gi- always listening to us. You're, you're given, part of our regular constituency. They are. You're given more uh, You're given more leeway the later you are mm-hmm. on at night, so that depends on what their target demographic is. Theoretically, if they're making uh, a prequel, they're involved with a show that's already out there. Their target audience should be people who already watch this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so theoretically, they could go on later at night and not have to worry about the kiddos being put to bed. Um, I don't know how much that, you know, leeway that gives them for uh, what they're allowed to show, but I, I don't think they're allowed to be shown that much. But mm-hmm. you never know. Um, so it says, made famous by a run on ABC's... Oh, wait, say, say, it's, it's talking about the mom here. It says, mm-hmm. John is searching for some answers and looking into his father's past. He'll stumble upon an unbelievable truth surrounding his family ties. Made famous by a run on ABC's series American Housewife, Donnelly will soon be appearing in American High School Musical. They're doing more High School Musical? Um, no, and, this is actually a TV show that yeah, they're talking high about. High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah, it's a TV show on Disney+. Plus. my words for me. Yeah. High School Musical... The musical, the series. The 21-year-old will also uh, join the lead, uh, the leading cast and production team of the Disney Channel original movie Zombies, which will then Dumb will movie. be the third uh, installment in a in the musical dramedy franchise. Meanwhile, Roger is on the call sheet for the upcoming film Quiet in My Town, uh, which will appear line, alongside Mark Lucas. Mark Lucas is fantastic, and so is Brian McNamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, the actor uh, starred in Paramount's supernatural romance in uh, the In Between. So. This is focusing on the parents. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what would you like to say? Are there questions you would like them to address? Is there aspects of the story in the I 13 kinda, seasons? I kind of want them to address like how they got into the business because I know that the father was into it. How did the wife get into it? Okay. And how did she get a contract with a demon? Because they said basically a demon like took her soul. That's why she was on fire. Okay. Um, I kind of want them to talk about it more. I think they did talk about it, but I forgot it because it's within like the season. But still, it'd be cool for them to show mm-hmm. it the actual way it yeah. happens. Same with like how the if the, the you know yeah. how the dad got in the business, it would be cool to actually see mm-hmm. it happen because um, like if it's uh, done well enough. If you actually do watch Supernatural, it's better than Fast and Furious when they talk about family. Law. I don't know about all <laughs> that. Uh, Dom well, Toretto is, uh, is okay. Okay. Well, maybe. I okay. Don't know. Well, like to me it. It seems better when they talk about family because usually they work a dangerous job. Duh, they're hunters. Um, the but- Fast and the Furious dudes went to outer space in cars. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, dangerous. They- but as That's a counterpoint, a- Supernaturals has Jared Padalecki, 
who was Dean on Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. So that wins automatically. <laughs> if I have to be the tie-breaking vote here, let me add some. Fair enough. Some some oblique hey, information. Miracle's the one who brought up the fact. Hey, I'm the hey. king of, of bringing hey, up oblique, they, seemingly pointless information. They fought Lucifer and they fought God and killed him. Lucifer, played by Mark Pellegrino, who mm -hmm. is a very big everyone here is a very big fan of. Yes, but um, basically, I feel like they talked about family really well because, like, again, like a lot of their members will die because uh, yeah. each creature will hunt you down because that's uh, um, the nature of creatures. They'll hunt you down because of revenge. So slowly, they'll lose family members, but the closest mm -hmm. family they'll have is like other people in the hunting business. So I want to see the father like get connections to other people because Dean and Sam and Supernatural they had a guy who was like their father figure mm -hmm. the guy that says Idjit I love him so much and he was like alive for a good while of the season until they killed him off it was like a big thing everybody cried because you will never hear him call anybody Idjits anymore that's too bad mm -hmm. and like he's like pure americana right there okay hey i like it i like mm -hmm. it already that's a good idea um is this one of the so do you think you'll watch this when it comes out I, i'll give it a try okay yeah uh, maybe you can you can keep us informed because i i imagine that as somebody who's not watched the show uh or at least has not watched many seasons Sarah of it, and I it, will it, binge it. there you go uh for me uh you know what all this honestly makes me want to do is rewatch grim grim is so good i'm like rewatching it and i love every single moment of it yep. i'm on this I think I'm on season two. I would love to see Silas Ware and more stuff. The who? The the guy who plays the um he's married to the girl. The, the not the main characters, the the blue bod. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um I kinda want him to play as somebody. I don't know which character yet. He's a very interesting. he has a very interesting look. Mm -hmm. Uh he he doesn't look like a traditional celebrity. He's mm -hmm. very uh he, he looks like a dude who'd be working at a comic shop if mm -hmm. a dude at a comic shop. Oh, he like, should play like as Wolverine. That's a good idea. He should play as Wolverine because he did play as the boot blob. Wow, that's she's actually right about that. Mm -hmm. uh, he he's like he's got this weird look where he he like if if the dorky uh, dude at the comic book shop was actually just secretly really really handsome. He, he's both handsome and uh, dorky looking at the same time. Not not even dorky. He's like he looks kind of like dorky, disheveled, but also weirdly good looking in a way. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't know how else to put it, but, a, but it's like you can you can totally tell like a, a, somebody who had been uh, casting movies and television for years probably saw him and was like mm -hmm. this look. I don't know what this look is. <laughs> there's something about like, this guy. I heard like I remember somebody was talking about like uh, there's actors who like they get mm -hmm. like uh, an agent will come up to him. They're like, you're going to grow into that face. You're going to find your work in like <laughs> 10 years. You're going to be you're going to be gold. That's so funny. Um, yeah. So like he's like one of those dudes where like he, he, I he feel looks like, good without a beard and with a beard. So if he wanted to play as Logan without it, a beard, it's weird for him. He look, I, I think he looks weird without a beard. I, I think he look like give him a little bit stubble. Then he looks fine. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, but he but he's if I remember correctly, that dude's really tall. So yeah, he's, he's like the opposite of. Wolverine. Yeah. As we learn, Wolverine is supposed to be five three. In case yep. anyone didn't get that memo, yes. which was brand new information to me. Blew her, blew her mind. So yeah, uh, we got a little bit off topic there at the end. We should have a show called Off Topic, where we just start with one thing and then I'm people have to guess where we end, and up. just people have to guess what the hell they're going to end up talking about. We should just funny. do that and then have pop culture crisis after dark. Uh, uh, I'm just pitch off, 
off to- off culture crisis. Off. Awesome. I feel like it has a, t- a title like "Down the Rabbit Hole" or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, or like, it's just called "Off Crisis." <laughs> there you go. That's that's what we can call that's it. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, you know how like everybody, uh, every group, like if you have like a a podcast or something, you have to give you like your fans' names. You know, every uh, every the poppies. Yeah. Oh. You know what you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, but yeah, they, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the name of them. They're poppies. They're poppies. No, for us, it would clearly be the crisis actors. No, that one's so long though. <laughs> that's too long, poppies, because you know, poppy flowers actually like pop out everywhere. Same thing like pop culture. Opio- opi- 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 <laughs> okay. And pop culture is the opioid for the masses. Right? Exactly. Perfect. Technically, I'm... I think they say that about baseball. But well, I'm only saying like they're like little poppy flowers because like poppy flowers like pop out like randomly they're considered wildflowers that's why they're california's national flower but they're the prettiest things ever and i think you guys are all was that a subtle like california being r slash not like other states like uh, oh we're the wild we're flowers. so good they pop up, they're just so random we're just so fun and different says california <laughs> Sorry. but no i'm just i just want to call them poppies because they pop culture pops everywhere like you can never escape from them and you guys just popped them to our lives there you go that was perfect Mm -hmm. that was perfect all right guys thank you so much uh hannah claire thank you so much for coming in today thank you guys for having me did you have fun i had tons of fun as mm -hmm. always and that is what we that is what we want yeah everybody for everybody to have fun uh tell everyone where they can find you on social media you can find me on instagram at hannah claire dot b you can find me on gab at hannah claire b if you find me on Twitter, I'll be impressed because I don't even remember what my handle is. And you can, afford, of course, find me on TimCast.com. Click on the Read tab. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a blast to be mm-hmm. on. Miracle? I don't have social media because it rots your brain. She's Sorry. 110% right, uh, which is, yes, you can follow me on social media. Rot your brain. I do. Uh, at Brett Dasovic on Instagram. We'll brought our brains together. It'll be fantastic. On YouTube, you can find us uh, at Pop Culture Crisis. Like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel, all that stuff. I really appreciate it. I know I hate that spiel, but you have to give it every time. It's requirement. Uh, in the description box of any of those videos is a link to the Spotify playlist that has all of the videos start to finish. Uh, it is the best way to listen to what we put out. I really do think that it's the best form of conversation you can have. We are also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and on Pandora. On social media, we are on Twitter, at popculture underscore show. And then we are on, what else? We're on Facebook mm-hmm. and on TikTok, at popculturecrisis. And Dane will be made very happy if you follow us there. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. See you then, guys. Bye.